Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 114, and I'm drinking Jepson's Malort. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. So, why did I choose Jepson's Malort for this episode? (laughs) That's a good question that I may be asking myself in just a minute as soon as I try it. Let's just say it's rather notorious for being terrible, uh, but that's part of the appeal, I think. It routinely tops lists of the worst alcohol available, but in doing research for future episodes, Jepson's Malort just keeps coming up in my web searches and elsewhere. I see it. It has garnered a cult following, but it's not a new spirit. It's got a good story. So uh, let's get into a Jepson's Malort. The bottle I have for the tasting is a standard 750 milliliters. It is 35% alcohol by volume, making it 70 proof, and it retails for about $22 to $25. There is nothing fancy about the bottle itself. It's clear glass and a standard liquor bottle mold. So it is cylindrical, nicely rounded shoulder, long neck. It is capped with a gold-colored plastic screw cap. The front label is printed with an aesthetic to make it look old. There's a red background atop which is a distressed or folded increased looking piece of parchment with torn and curled edges as if it were a pirate's map. Top center is the Malort coat of arms style logo. This is styled after the Chicago city flag, but due to the liqueur's age, it only shows three stars, whereas the current Chicago flag has four stars. More on that a little bit as we get into history. Jepson's Malort Liqueur is below the coat of arms, rendered in an old English-style font with black text and a heavy red outline. Carl Jepson Company, Chicago, USA, is large at the bottom right, uh, right above the proof and volume information on the front label. Then tucked in the bottom left is a printed red wax seal depicting what I assume to be a screaming eagle. Oh, and there's even some printed cording along the top left edge and below the seal to make it look extra fancy. The back label is small, black text on white that simply reads, Jepson's Malort has the aroma and full-bodied flavor of an unusual botanical. Its bitter taste is savored by two-fisted drinkers. Produced and bottled by CH Distillery, Chicago, Illinois. The obligatory government warning is tucked up onto the back of the neck label that's very dark brown, and it just says Jepson's at an angle across the front. Okay, moment of truth. Let's crack this bottle open. I will say I've had this since December. It is now February when I'm recording this episode. I have been so curious to try this as I've done the research and and learned about it. It's supposed to be so uniquely flavored. I really want to give it a go. So, full bottle. Let's crack this seal open. Plastic screw cap. And as I do with all spirits on Liquor in the Core Connoisseur, I am going to be tasting this neat, which is room temperature, right out of the bottle, no dilution. And I'm using for that a clean Glencairn glass. It's a whiskey nosing glass, tulip shaped. It's ideally suited to see the spirit, nose the spirit, and of course, 
taste the spirit. So let's go for a pour. That should do it. In the glass, it looks like it does in the bottle. It's a light yellowish gold color. And on the nose, Oh, that's familiar. <laughs> okay. I expected it just to smell like gasoline or something. The descriptions on the internet very wildly, uh, but nobody had necessarily given me a good reference for the nose. Let's see what I can pick up in it. I know, spoiler alert, there is wormwood in this, so I can pick up some of those notes. And uh, a few other somethings with it. It doesn't burn. It feels a little uh, menthol, perhaps. But I think that's mostly just the ethanol vapors as I get my nose in pretty deep trying to pick up flavors. Try one more time on the nose. It's not offensive, I would say. And now for a taste. Yeah, this is about a hundred times better than Uzo. <laughs> this is bitter. Uh, I mean, it's bitter, but it's not terrible. I actually quite like it. <laughs> oh man, I was expecting or hoping perhaps to discover something that was just really like, wow. Let's try it again. Has some sweetness on the front. It's not too hot. You don't get much of the alcohol. I mean, you can feel it. This is 35% ABV, but it's really the, the bitterness, the single note, mostly of the wormwood and the bitterness lingers in the finish, but it does have a nice grapefruit flavor to it. Yeah. It's, it's like grapefruits come through as well. <laughs> I like this. This will actually be consumed. Because the flavor of Jepson's Malort is so maligned, I guess, on the internet, the current cultural brand ambassador for Jepson's Malort describes the taste as a baby aspirin wrapped in grapefruit peel, bound with rubber bands, and soaked in well gin. I would disagree. I think that's, uh, I don't taste rubber bands. I think that uh, does a disservice to this liqueur. Now on to the history. Jepson's Malort is named for the inventor, Carl Jepson, who immigrated to Chicago from Sweden in the 1880s. In the 1920s, Carl started making Malort, which is a type of traditional Swedish liquor known as Bosk Bromven. Bosk is the Swedish word for bitter, the equivalent in Italian we're more familiar with, which is Amaro. So when Carl started making and selling his own version of this traditional Swedish drink, he simply named it Malort, which means wormwood in Swedish. But perhaps in a terrible twist of fate, the Russian translation of the word is Chernobyl. Well, not exactly. The internet tells me it translates more like black weed, but it's part of a wormwood family. And it just has me thinking of the illicit drink Chernobyly that enables time travel in the comedy movie Hot Tub Time Machine. Malort would have been a good stand-in for this, I think. But let's leave etymology and get back to Carl Jepson's foray into what was a borderline illegal booze business. 
You see, Carl was selling Malort door-to-door in the 1920s during Prohibition. Whenever the feds would attempt to bust him for bootlegging, legend has it he'd offer them a taste of Malort, and they'd immediately agree that this stuff had to be for medicinal purposes because it tasted so bad that nobody in the right mind would drink it recreationally. Medicinal alcohol was legal during Prohibition, so Jepson got away with it claiming that it would rid its imbibers of stomach worms and other parasites in the body. Maybe true. The reason Carl made such a bitter spirit may have had less to do with his desire for a drink than more to do with the fact that he was purportedly such a heavy cigar smoker that he had killed off nearly all of his taste buds, and the bracing bitterness of Malort was the only thing to get through to him. When Prohibition ended, Carl approached a local distillery and sold the recipe to them because he assumed nobody would want to drink Malort any longer when other more palatable spirits were available again. But he became surprised that the drink had become woven into the culture in Chicago, mostly in Swedish then Polish communities with a foothold that held through to today. Bielsoff Products was the distillery that purchased the Malort recipe from Carl Jepsen, and they created the label for the spirit along with the coat of arms featuring the three-starred version of the Chicago flag. The fourth star was added just a few years later, but Malort never updated the label. In 1945, just before World War II ended, George Brody, then vice president of Bielsoff, bought out the company and a few years later renamed it Red Horse Liquors after a popular product line Bielsoff made. Jepson's Swedish Bronvin is sold in glass bottles at the time with a stem of wormwood inside. Then in perhaps 1953, George Brody sells Red Horse Liquors except for Jepson's Malort, forming the Carl Jepson Company and kicking off a 40-year hobby job making and marketing Malort, what we'd call today as simply a side hustle. George contracted with Marcel Distillery in Chicago to produce Malort, which they did up until 1986 when the distillery closed. In 1966, George Brody hires Patricia Gablick as his legal secretary, and she is apparently at the time completely unaware of his liquor company side hustle, but she would one day end up owning the brand. Malort did quite well from a sales standpoint in the 1960s and 70s, but then fell out of favor, but it refused to die. When the Marcel Distillery closed, production moved to Kentucky for two years until it became unprofitable for that distillery to continue making small batches of Malort. A contact of George's did help him find a new production partner in Florida Distillers, located, of course, in Florida, who took over production in 1989. This is when, for cost-cutting reasons, the stem of Wormwood was removed from the bottle. In 1999, George Brody dies and left the Carl Jepson Company to his longtime friend and legal secretary, Patricia Gablick. She keeps Malort alive, running the company by herself from her Chicago apartment. Then, round about 2007 or 2008, the internet discovered Malort, and the use of the hashtag MalortFace, showing photos of people reacting to the taste of Malort, takes off on Flickr the not-quite-dead-but-not-what-it-once-was 
online photo sharing and storage repository. In 2011, Chicago comedian Sam Meckling started making jokes about Malort, posting content on social media, making videos, and selling t-shirts. And because the brand was sort of limping along, run only by Patricia out of her apartment, Sam was able to claim the Malort social media handles that were available. He then essentially began unofficially, officially promoting Malort. Sales went up due to the promotion, and the internet did its thing in Chicago, where people saw the jokes, bought Malort because of it, got in on the fun and posted their own Malort-fueled fun, and a big resurgence in popularity ensued. Ensued to being sued, Sam Meckling was almost sued because of it. You see, Patricia Gablick's background was as a legal secretary, and she moved to sue Sam Meckling over his unauthorized Malort content. In particular, it seems, his profiting from unlicensed merchandise. But there was a happy ending to this. When Patricia met Sam, she liked him so much that she hired him. Sam was first officially made director of marketing in a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy sort of way. If you live it, you'll become it. Sam is currently the brand's cultural ambassador as of this recording. Back in 2015, Sam presumably helped by trademarking Malort and succeeded in fending off intimidators the Carl Jepsen company claimed were infringing by making their own bitter spirits bearing the Malort name. The popularity of the spirit was such that two notable competitors had emerged. Also, sliding back a couple of years to 2013, CH Distillery is opened in Chicago and began producing a range of distilled spirits. Tremaine Atkinson, co-founder, CEO, and head distiller of CH Distillery, says that after he opened the distillery, he always wanted to be involved with Jepson's Malort. In 2018, he had the chance to realize that ambition and bought the Carl Jepson Company and Jepson's Malort from Patricia Gablick. As of 2020, the brand said that every night in Chicago, about 10,000 shots of Malort were consumed. I did the math on this, and it works out to right about 59-liter equivalent cases per day. So, going purely on Chicago's consumption, Malort would sell about 18,500 cases a year, round up a bit, I suppose, for consumption out of market, and that's decent volume for a very regional spirit. And it seems distribution is becoming a bit more widespread. This is the age of delivery, after all, and Malort seems to be no exception. So that's the story, but it leaves out a lot of the fun the brand has had with the terribleness of the drink. Way back in the 1950s, George Brody ran a confusing print ad featuring a horse's ass and a balding man in a turtleneck, stating that you'd never switch from Jepson's. He also introduced a bottle hang tag in the 1970s with the slogan, Are You Man Enough?, that featured fictional recipes featuring Malort. And the concept of a fictional recipe is a little confusing to me because if you write a recipe down and call it fiction, as long as it has ingredients you can source, somebody could make it and thus it becomes real. The back label on Jepson's Malort used to also feature this text. The first shot is hard to swallow. Persevere. Make it past two shock glasses, and with the third, you'll be ours forever. Malort was absolutely a hobby job that George Brody had fun with. Patricia Gablick said that George himself rarely drank Malort, but he loved it. I think she meant the brand more than the flavor. 
She herself said she only drank it when she had to. Once the internet age came about, the self-deprecating humor reveling in the off-putting flavor of the brand really took hold. The brand's website today features the slogan, Weeding Out the Weak Since 1933. Other slogans that seem to have been officially sanctioned at one point include Malort, Tonight's the night you fight your dad. Malort, the champagne of pain. Malort, turning taste buds into taste foes for generations. But beyond these, I invite you to simply go down the rabbit hole of Malort's official social media accounts. In researching this episode, this is the first and potentially the only time you'll find reviews on the brand's accounts where people literally are throwing up due to the taste of the spirit and proudly showing off how bad it tastes. So that's the history. Now onto how it's made. Malort is a secret recipe, of course. But honestly, it's mostly neutral alcohol or vodka that CH Distillery makes. They'll soak or macerate their potent wormwood in it. And then to quote CEO Tremaine Atkinson, and then from there, we add some other stuff and it becomes Malort. There's probably some grapefruit or grapefruit peel in this, I would bet. It's got that real prominent flavor. Maybe a touch of sugar. It is a liqueur. It's probably sweetened. It tastes a little sweet on the beginning for me. Uh, beyond that, I'm sure they filter it, proof it down to bottling strength, and ta-da, you've got Malort. Now on to cocktails and consumption. With Malort, you shoot it. This is a drink you have on a dare and to prove you're tough enough to hang with the locals. It's sort of a rite of passage drink. Uh, most people just simply drink it by the shot. I will likely sip it. It's a nice bitter. I tend to sip everything though, so I'm the outlier perhaps. So in summary, what do I think of Jepson's Malort? <laughs> I am pleasantly surprised. It is quite good in my opinion. I like bitter things. I like Amaro. So this fits right in. It is so local, so Chicago-centric. You know, 80 or 90% of the consumption and sales are in Chicago. And for that to remain in this day and age, that's kind of a rare thing. And also, Chicago doesn't come to mind for me right away as a hotbed of distilled spirits, but they've got their own Jepson's Malort. So good on them for keeping it going. I enjoy it. I will admit to being slightly disappointed that it wasn't so terrible to me. I was kind of hoping it would be shocking and just like, oh, I can't drink this stuff. But no, it's a little sweet. There's some grapefruit. It's bitter. But if you are used to drinking not bitter spirits or your friend buys you a shot and says, here, have this, salute, and you just get a slug of bitterness, that'll, that'll be a different experience, shall we say. But it's got a good story. I'm glad that I finally tried Jepson's Malort. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Tell your friends. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can find the show on your favorite podcast platform. I'm also fairly active on social media. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. I love hearing from my listeners, so if there is a distilled spirit you would like me to feature in an upcoming episode, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>